successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today and every week on 980 AM. And also on iTunes via podcast if you're listening on your phone today or if you're listening online at GrillNationShow.com. We greatly appreciate you joining us today for another exciting episode of the Grill Nation Show. Before we get to our guests, I want to thank our partners and supporters of the show. Title sponsors of the show are Trust, MoBank, BOK Financial, and Two West Companies, and Ryan Rink. Contributors to the Grill Nation Show include the KCADC, that's the Kansas City Area Development Council, Brian Sarr from True Wealth and Company. He's a guest host and on-air contributor. And Port KC, who joins us every other month. And today we're actually going to be joined in our first two segments uh, with our first guest today. Uh, Joe Perry is uh, joining me. He's the Vice President of Development at Port KC. And following Joe, we're going to have on Mariah Shields, who's the Communications Specialist at Port KC, Joined by Christian Purvis as well, who's a real estate development manager at Port KC. The website is portkc.com. Joe, welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks, Jason. It's great to have you on the show. Um, I, uh, I'm really excited about the partnership that we have uh, with Port KC. We have had John Stevens come on and talk about uh, local projects, but I'm really excited to talk to the person in development here who, uh, who's been around for a while and who has seen a lot of changes. First off, Give us a uh, brief over- overview about your background and your uh, your work so far in the Kansas City community. Well, thanks, Jason. About eight years ago, I was able to snag a really good job that was just one of my dream jobs. I had worked in the, both the private sector and the public sector in the world of development and planning for my mm-hmm. whole career. So when I was starting to get a lot of gray hair, I was able to land at a place in the middle of recession where a lot of people in my business didn't have a job. So With Port KC, I saw an opportunity to bring entrepreneurialism that I had learned in the private sector Mm -hmm. in the development world to a public purpose developer Mm -hmm. and to try to do something with the riverfront that I had touched in my career many times working for the private sector and the public sector both. Mm -hmm. So it was a good opportunity for me just to take the skills I had with a little bit of uh, great uh, teaching I had from a guy named David Gale who taught me the land development business and take a, a piece of ground that people have been working on since the 70s and was really vertical ready but had nothing going on it. So that was the intrigue for me as a professional to go back to the uh, public sector and take a job with a public purpose developer like Port KC and, and apply my skills and see if we could make something happen and make vertical development on the riverfront. That's awesome. I am noticing you're a Mizzou grad as well and was a Sigma Chi. I was a Sigma Chi as well and a SLU grad, but went to Mizzou Law School. So I like both of those things. So well, those, those are good points. <laughs> I always like to point out I have a degree from KU too, but you do. You, uh, you really... my first degree is MU, so I call it loyalty in the first degree, right? There you go. 
Um, so you have a lot of uh, real estate, a lot of development background. Um, you know, the port, uh, which was used to be called the uh, Port Authority, correct? And then there was correct. a rebrand to Port KC. The website is portkc.com. You know, like you said, I mean, the history is is unique. I mean, nothing really was happening except for the shipping and whatnot. And now, you know, you're seeing development. Kind of take us through what it was like when you when you started there in 2011. You know, it's fun to think back at almost eight years ago to an interview when I said, if we could do these four things in Mm -hmm. an interview with our then director and one of our board members, we could make development happen on the riverfront. And the one thing that I thought as a private developer background person that they was, didn't exist at the riverfront or at Richard's Gebauer or at the other places that Port Authority works was that there wasn't certainty to the private developer. Mm. There was a lot of uh, thoughts of exactly what people wanted in a point in time, very precise planning, very precise visions. They were beautiful plans. And literally millions of dollars had been spent getting this ground ready for development, but nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. And there had to be a reason why. It just wasn't that we were in a recession at that point in time. Mm -hmm. Many economic cycles had gone and no vertical development. So I just. Which is unique because in all these other cities in the riverfronts, they've they've got stuff happening. And in a lot of Similar cities. Similar cities like us, size-wise, too. Exactly. And a lot of cities that had the same dynamic that had turned their back. Uh, Portland at the South Waterfront. Denver at the old rail yards. These are pieces of ground that are basically the same size as what we have here in Kansas City. And it took them a while. So we looked at those cities. We looked at those plans. And we thought we just needed to get out of the way in some aspects of the private sector. And I can remember sitting in the city manager's office and just talking about what if the Port Authority, Port KC now, but what if we just acted like a land bank instead of looking for a developer like Heinz or or Forest City or some big national developer to come in and take the whole thing down and we'll give them the land and we'll give them tax incentive and then see what they would do. What if we just put it together? Because mm-hmm. all the pieces were there. The mm-hmm. infrastructure were there. The highway was there. The new parkway was there. We had a great piece of ground, but nothing was going on. We thought, what if we just got out of the way and sold it piece by piece like a private developer would? Mm-hmm. And so that's what we did. We just simply, instead of spending another million dollars planning the riverfront yet one more time, we spent $100,000 and zoned it and mm-hmm. went to work at talking to developers about developing one piece at a time. So far, so good. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought at the time, economic cycles usually last five to seven years. So I thought, well, we only have a few years to get one project going before we can go into the next cycle and plan how to do the next phase. This thing's been low and you know slow, and it's been... Mm-hmm. It really has. Steady for a long time. So we're going to get more than one big project. We're going to get two or three this economic cycle. That's really exciting. But it wouldn't have happened had not. And this is the political intrigue part. At the time when I started, the mayor had not been elected yet. Mm -hmm. And uh, upon his election, the mayor and the city manager gave Port KC the autonomy to actually own the land. So that was a key part of what I said in my interviews. If you're going to give a developer certainty, they cannot walk into City Hall and ask for the title to the land, ask for their entitlements like zoning and building permits, 
and also negotiate all of that and negotiate the price of the land and the and the what it's going to they're going to have to pay to get the land right all from one entity that didn't work and so what i thought from a private developer's perspective we need to bifurcate the land ownership and the land development and that negotiation from all the other things that are necessary to get a project off the ground mm, very so, interesting very interesting history there the website is poorkc.com uh their partner and contributor to the grill nation show i want to Quickly read off what you all do again. Poor KC aims to grow the local economy through commerce, trade, and development. Um, Joe here sitting next to me, Joe Perry, leads the real estate and development activities at Berkeley Riverfront, Richards Gebauer Air Force Base, and the Isle of Capri and other leaseholds. Um, you do a lot with real estate brokers, contractors, and design professionals, and you've increased the NOI from leasing by five times uh, and then a lot of other mixed-use projects as well that are under construction on the riverfront poorkc.com is the website we're going to be back after the break with joe perry vice president of real estate and development for port kc we want to talk more about what is happening down on the riverfront downtown kansas city you're listening to real nation Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM. I'm your host, Jason Grill. You connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. I appreciate you joining us each and every week, whether it's via the radio, via podcast, or online at grillnationshow.com, where I will post our photos of our guests as well as more information about them. Joined today by Joe Perry, Vice President of Real Estate and Development at the Port KC. Their website is portkc.com. Great. Great, great organization here in Kansas City. Uh, do a lot of really cool things at Richards Gebauer and along the riverfront in downtown KCMO. Joe, uh, you've been around there since 2011. Uh, a lot of experience in the real estate and financial and architecture development world, all those different things. Where are we today? I, I've been down there. Obviously, I met at your new office uh, when, when I was talking to John Stevens about joining the show. Uh, beautiful place. Thank and you. It's part of a uh, mixed-use development, is that right? That's right. Uh, so Kim Studios designed our office with just highlighting what modern. we do. Yeah, yeah and cool. so we got a couple of shipping containers up on on stilts as a mezzanine and a few things like that that kind of illustrate what we do mm-hmm. as a company. I think it was a great move for us to go down to the riverfront and be a part of that first building. Uh, that first building is about a half a million square feet, mm. um, including the garage space. And and so how that relates is that's only 10% of the zoning entitlement we have for buildings on the riverfront. So it looks really big when you go down there. And it when you drive off the interstate, it looks like it's half the land. Mm. It's about 15% of the land. That's it. Okay. Because I so, noticed you have a lot right next to you looking out your windows. It, you <laughs> do. And uh, we've got contracts on two more pieces. Oh, wow. And so, you know, as I said in the first segment, we're hoping to get two big more projects in this uh, economic, cycle. economic cycle. And so Barquet has been fantastic. That's the dog, uh, yes. par- dark park, potentially the adult slash dog park. <laughs> exactly. And uh, that brings a lot of momentum and people. Momentum is the key word that I like to use in talking about the riverfront. 
Uh, J.C. Nichols built the Country Club Plaza in about a, two economic cycles. Mm. Think about that. It's about 85 acres. It didn't look like it did today. It wasn't as dense. It's 85 acres. Okay. And the riverfront, Berkeley Riverfront, is 85 acres. Mm. Um, Joyce Hall, when he assembled the land for Crown Center, it's 85 acres. So I think if people can get their heads around these important districts to mm. Kansas City, we know those places. We love those places. Crown Center is still developing the original 85 acres. Now, I've seen that. A yeah. lot of it's going up right now, and, and there's only a few development sites left. Um, we thought we would take not as quick a view as J.C. Nichols in developing the plaza, the first iteration of that, and not as long a view as Crown Center mm-hmm. as far as how many, how many decades it would, might take to build it. We thought it might take about 15 years. So we're about 25% of the way through the land with our first three deals. Mm-hmm. And uh, with the first buildings, uh, we're 10% through the entitlement of a 5.1 million square feet of building. So there's still a lot of room to grow. Still a lot of room. I think what's different about the riverfront than the rest of the the downtown area. So the greater downtown area plan is the city's plan for the river to 31st street and I 35 basically to the state line, which is evolving. It's evolving. And that's a pretty immense Think about the diversity of what's there. That's hospital Hill. It's crown center. It's downtown. It's crossroads. It's West side. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, the riverfront is 85 acres like crown center, but it's separated from the rest of the world. It's separated by, three to six railroad tracks, six come in on the east and three live, leave on the west. So that's the south boundary. The river's the north boundary. That's a pretty hard boundary. I-3529 is the east boundary. That's a pretty hard boundary. And uh, the Heart of America Bridge and and the other railroad track that goes to across the, the uh, old ASB bridge, that's the other west boundary. So, you know, you, you have to cross something. It's an island of land. Mm-hmm. If we had just built one thing down there, and there were a lot of plans. That, oh, sure. I've right? heard about a lot of a lot of rumors, a lot of plans over the years. Yeah. And, and what you are we going to build on that? You could have just built a baseball stadium down there. Or and soccer that, at the time when uh, sporting was Exactly. Yeah. And, or you could have built the Sprint campus. And that, that would have been one thing sitting on an island. And I'm glad a lot of those things ended up that could have been down there and might still be in the loop along a spine. I think that downtown's better that power and light isn't on the riverfront. It's down there. Now, when we develop the riverfront, it's going to be connected by the streetcar. Mm-hmm. We just got our plans for the 30% design for the streetcar extension of the riverfront. Oh, wow. That's, that's a game changer. Mm-hmm. So right now, the, the greater downtown area plan or GDAP plan is being rewritten. And I'm sitting on that committee and – we're the oh, largest. Thank God. Thank yeah. God you are. <laughs> We're the largest we, we, we landowner. We, we can't screw up any more of these plans because you yeah. know, they're written. Like I heard about one from '97. I'm just like, wow. We need to update these things. This one's 2010, I think. Right. And so it's almost 10 years old. It's almost 10 years old, but it's really important because it's the adjudicating plan. It's the plan that you have to pay attention to when you develop within it. And so, you pay attention to what's going on in other cities, thankfully. Oh yeah, on the riverfront. Yeah. So oh, sometimes I feel like our professionals, like yourself, I mean, you guys have to travel and see other places to see what works. I always thought about that when I was in politics. I mean, if Florida is doing something well, right. or Tennessee, why don't we bring it to Missouri and pass a bill that if it's been effective, like we can, right. we can all work together. We can take ideas, we can take little things and make our city a better place. 
We can. And, and, you know, just recently, uh, Marissa Womble and I went to Portland and we looked at the South waterfront because mm-hmm. the South waterfront hadn't developed before the streetcar got there. It was 85 to 90 acres. Mm-hmm. Same, same thing. Price, same price. And it was owned by three different entities. A lot of it was publicly owned. And we looked at that. What can we learn from going to Portland and learning what happens when you develop after the streetcar is there largely. And that's going to be our case mm-hmm. at, the, at the Kansas City Berkeley Riverfront. We went and looked at the area from Union Station to the river. That was another 85 acres in Denver where it was divided by two big roadways and a rail yard and a river. Same situation, same size. And we got to see how they did that mm-hmm. in about two economic cycles in about 15 years. They did it by momentum. Their first building wasn't their biggest building. They built density. They built a series of activities. Uh, John Stevens and I are committed to doing what we've been doing for the last several years is putting one new big activity generator on the riverfront every year. Mm, That's great. If we keep doing that, there'll be more people that are, you know, coming down, coming down to the riverfront. Joe Perry is with us, uh, Vice President of Development at Port KC. Port KC is growing the economy of Kansas City's Port District through transportation, global commerce, and development. The website is portkc.com. Uh, Joe, you mentioned all the things happening. Um, ah, it's just exciting, you know, with, with, with you said with the streetcar, uh, with the multi-use, uh, facilities down there, uh, builds, and with Barquet, um, I mean, what do you predict moving forward? I mean, I know you can't talk about what's under contract, but, you know, to get people down there, you got to be kind of unique. Yeah. You also have the park, which if you haven't rent through that park, it's it's still large. There's still a lot of space. There's still a lot of events that go on down there, too. Um, there's still a lot of ideas happening here. Potential. There, there are. And you know, to have you got to be special, though, because you only have 85 acres, right? <laughs> yes, it does. And you have to be careful. One of the things that we worry about is doing too much too soon and, and, and not getting momentum in quality and in density and just selling. I, I've been accused of not having a very big vision for the riverfront, but I like to look at the projects that we have already talked about. The Country Club Plaza didn't look like the Country Club Plaza today. There were service stations with uh, doors opening to 47th Street when J.C. Nichols built it. What it looks like today is an evolution of decades and and generations. Um, I think the riverfront's the same thing. And what we're trying to do is make sure that we build this thing up so that when we sell the last piece, it is – bigger and grander and more important than the first piece. And so we're going to probably do one more project about the same scale mm-hmm. as the one that is down there now. So the that's Canadian what, project. 20, 15% you said? Yeah, it's about 15% of the land and it's about 10% of the square footage that we're allowed to build. So uh, you, I, what you'll see is in one of the projects that's coming next, we'll, one of them is going to be a lot taller. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I like that. <laughs> yeah, And, and with different density. uses. You're building density, right? We're building density and we're building different kinds of activities. The rooftops definitely need to come, come first. Um, office usually comes last, you know, so if you want Although retail. Although all our politicians always want the office first. Oh, they, they want, want they the want, office. They, they want, want the retail yeah. first, right? That, and it doesn't work very well, you know, no. especially when you're on an island traffic. of land, you know. Yeah. And so we needed to build the rooftops first, just like any development and mm-hmm. – uh you know, in, in my background in land development, that's exactly what we did. Uh, I worked on the the, re, the redo of Longview Farms, and I worked on mm. the building of something called Arbor Walk in Lee Summit, where 
you're you're taking a raw 400 piece of ground, a 400 acre piece of ground, and you're building activity nodes to build it up. And and when we did that, you had to start somewhere, and you start with rooftops, mm-hmm. and you start with density of rooftops. With that, then everyone wants to be there, right? I think it's important, like you said, to connect the riverfront more with the streetcar to downtown, and then eventually. They're going to figure out those highways and whatnot within the North Loop and see what they do there as far as development. I think something will happen there eventually uh, as well. And it will be more of a connected downtown, which is important. Bike ped connection to the riverfront is giant. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as big an impact as the streetcar. But the streetcar is the thing that will drive development. But I believe that the bike ped connection that'll be more direct and a lot easier to use will be the people connection. So, you know, there's, there's a big opportunity for us and, and uh, a big part of, of building the streetcar, a big part of the cost is increasing the bike ped connection too. Very interesting stuff. Joe Perry, vice president of real estate and development at Port KC. I appreciate you coming on the show. I appreciate the partnership with Port KC. Their website is portkc.com. Check it out. There's awesome videos, photos, information about projects and more information on the website. Joe, thanks for coming in today. Oh, thank you, Jason. This is fun. It is a lot of fun. It's great to see you again. Thanks for joining us on Grill Nation. We'll be right back after the break with a few more interviews. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. When the gun smoke settles, we'll sing a victory tune and we'll all meet back at the local saloon. We'll raise up our glasses against evil forces singing Whiskey for my men, beer for my horses Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening to 980 AM KMBZ. And if you're listening on iTunes via podcast, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, or on grillnationshow.com. It was a great few segments earlier in the show with uh, Joe Perry from Port KC. Exciting to... Uh, to learn more about the uh, the port and also compare it to areas of Kansas City like the Country Club Plaza and the Crown Center area and when they were developed in the amount of acres and, and some of the things that are happening on the riverfront. And I want to continue that conversation now uh, with two more great people from Port KC. Their website is or on Twitter at Port of KC and they're also their website is portkc.com. I'm joined uh, now by uh, Christian Purvis, who is the real estate development manager at Port KC. And Mariah Shields, who is a communications uh, specialist coordinator, uh, jack of all trades and communications at Port KC. Welcome to the show, Thank both of you. you. Yeah. It's great to have you both. Um, first off, let's start with Mariah. Mariah, tell me about yourself, uh, where you're from, kind of your, your evolution at Port KC and what you do every day. Right. So I am actually from the area. I grew up in a little town called Odessa. And as I grow up, I get Closer and closer and closer to Kansas City. Okay. And so I actually moved here three months ago. So it's been a really exciting time for me. But I have. Are you really serious? Yeah. I'm downtown now. I'm I'm in the thick of it. Oh, cool. Good for you. But I've actually worked at Port KC for three years. And like you said, I do everything (laughs) communication, marketing, public relations. Definitely a jack of all trades. Hopefully not the master of none part. (laughs) <laughs> well, you're working in your communication specialist and you kind of have worked in different areas. Yeah. Uh, uh, you have a love of uh, pets as well. I Animal do. Shelter. I do. I have you. volunteered with Great Plains SPCA for about four years. I love 
I mean, I like dogs, but I love cats. There They're you like go. my lifeblood. <laughs> I like dogs, so there you go. There we go. Um, Mariah's joining us uh, on, the, on this segment as well as Christian. Christian, tell me about yourself. Uh, saw you have an MBA and you've been working in uh, urban planning for a while. Yeah, absolutely. I'm from Phoenix originally. Okay. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and went to Arizona State University. Graduated uh, with a degree in renewable energy and urban planning, and then kind of threw myself into that industry because renewable energy, wind and solar has really um, exploded in this country in terms of alternative energy and installation around the nation. So um, did that for about five, six years and then uh, recently moved back to Kansas City about a year ago. And so it's good to be back and joined with the port um, in September of last year. So it's been nine or 10 months. That's not very many, though. Not very long. No, but I've, I've really enjoyed my time here so far. It's awesome. Interesting. So, so what brought you, so that brought you back to Kansas City or your other job in renewables? My, my other job in renewables did. And then this kind of opened up because I was doing project development for renewable energy for several years. And then I always wanted to get back to master plan communities, urban design, making spaces for people. And the port job opened up with Joe Perry. And once I came and toured the riverfront property, I was sold. Really? Okay. I was sold. Mm-hmm. So um, you guys mentioned your office space. It's fairly new down there. If no one's been down to the riverfront lately, it's, it's, a, it's a really modern area now. Yeah. Talk about that. Oh, it's beautiful. And we like to bring in people. Well, I like to bring in people for tours. So if anyone's interested, <laughs> tell them Mariah said you could come tour. Uh, it's beautiful. We're trying to take what's outside and what we do and bring it inside. And so we have a mezzanine that's a shipping container. It's actually two that were cut in half and put together. And you can look out onto the riverfront from there. And then we have art on our walls. Uh, that's usually representative of Kansas City, but it can be anyone, but it's always a local artist. And then my new favorite, I actually didn't drink coffee before we got this new coffee maker. <laughs> you have a nice coffee maker. And now we have a cute coffee maker with always local roasts. There you go. Yeah. So, um, Christian, give us a, uh, I know Joe talked about a lot about the things you guys do, but kind of talk to us about kind of the riverfront again. It's, um, it's give us the, the lay of the land of the area down there and what's developed and whatnot. Yeah. So as Mariah said, I mean, it's, it's a fascinating property. I mean, our office was relocated from the river market area to Berkeley Riverfront. We're in the union building right now. And the whole and that's concept- And that's a, a uh, mixed use? It's a, it's a mixed use in the sense that it has about 410 apartment units and then retail outlets on the eastern side, one of which is Port KC. There's a nail salon and then there's an open space that'll be probably a restaurant or a bistro eventually. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of the riverfront, though, is taking this what was formerly environmentally contaminated land for about a hundred years. It was an old dumping ground and coal gasification plan. And there was all these heavy metals and, you know, problems with the soil back in the seventies, eighties, nineties, the city spent a lot of money and a lot of federal money to clean up that land and get it into a developable state. So it's an exciting story for Kansas city in the sense that we get to take roughly 85 acres of riverfront property and make it economically useful again and put it to good use for the community. And that's taken a while though, right? We've been through a lot of different plans, right? It's taken a very long time, yeah. But now it's starting to develop more. It is. Uh, There's a lot of momentum going down at the riverfront. We're in conversations with developers and architects and engineers every single day. People want to be down at the riverfront. There's a number of developers with Union and with Bar K that have already taken the plunge and the streetcar is going to be coming in. So the world, the, the wheels are moving and the development momentum is growing. 
on that note, Mariah, talk to us about kind of the uh, the uh, the Riverfront Heritage Trail. What's the deal with that? Um, is it going to be extended, and um, how is that happening right now? Yeah, we're really hopeful that we're going to extend it. It's already a 15-mile trail. It is. Yes, and our portion of it is only about a mile long, and it's right along the river, and then you have to go up into the city, which is, of course, beautiful, but then people also want to stay on that riverfront, and we know people are using that land. It is trespassing at this point, but we know they're using that land. We know that they want to extend this trail, so what we are doing right now is looking into how can we extend it along the riverfront? And so people, it's the wet side of the levee. So there's a levee that goes through the west bottoms and our land is on the other side of that. So you would do riverfront all the way into KCK and the west bottoms. Okay. Right now, we're we're in the really early stages. We need to do feasibility studies and all this other stuff that's not the most exciting to talk about, but is really important to making sure it works. Mm-hmm. But we're really excited. We've got a lot of really positive feedback. It's already a a big place for bicyclists, pedestrians. Dog walking is huge (laughs) (laughs) with Barquet being nearby. Yeah, that has changed the dynamics down there, hasn't it? it really has. And I don't know if Christian can speak to it better, but I think 80% of Union apartment residents have a dog. There's more dogs than people in the apartment building. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that is a true statement. Yeah. (laughs) So... (laughs) So uh, you mentioned the streetcar. Mm-hmm. Uh, that will change kind of the access points, it right? It will. I mean, the whole narrative around the riverfront is reconnecting Kansas City with its roots on the river. Okay. I love it when we say that because we are a river city. We have our heritage on the river. And then we've just moved south or north uh, f- since then. But getting Kansas Cityans back to the river is really imperative to what we feel like we're doing at port. And creating a, a space where people can connect, where they can have outdoor space, where they can utilize the amenities, and they can live, work, and play. And so the streetcar is a really big part of that. You drop that in right over the Grand Ave Viaduct, and all of a sudden you've created this transit-oriented development where we know people will will be excited to go. It'll so you're, take trying, you're trying different ways to get people to come back to that area. Right, exactly. Uh, you have nature, but you also have a lot of events down there. Of course. Brian, do you want to talk about that and kind of some of the bigger events you guys have on the riverfront and maybe some that are upcoming here? Yeah. Our biggest event every year is Casey River Fest, and it keeps getting bigger and bigger every year because the surrounding cities aren't having their fireworks show anymore. And so people are coming to us. People are traveling to us. I actually answered a call from a lady from Arizona who wanted to know how to get down to the riverfront. So my normal landmark directions did not work. (laughs) (laughs) It's really exciting. We had about 70,000 people down there this year. For 4th of July. For the 4th of July Mm -hmm, to watch the fireworks and enjoy. Unfortunately, we had some rain delays. But as I tell people, I cannot control Mother Nature. We just do our best. (laughs) We also had Pride Fest on this year. And that's always a big event. And being the anniversary, it's the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, and that's a very important moment in the history. And so it broke records. I still haven't heard the final numbers, but definitely 40,000-plus people. Really positive event. And upcoming, we have Barktoberfest. We love dogs, and we always try to – actually, we're partnering with Intercom with that. Nice. And Friends of the River, who's a nonprofit we work with quite often. So that'll be it. two days of dogs and fun. People when is can that? bring them down. It's I want to say it's August twenty third and twenty fourth. Okay, so it's the end of the or summer. October twenty third oh, and twenty fourth. Okay. Barktoberfest. Barktober, okay, Oktoberfest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I should know that. So it's in the fall. Yes, and then I actually just 
signed the contract last week. It's not even on the website yet. It will be shortly. We're going to have a mac and cheese festival. Okay. Wow. That sounds nice. So uh, I'm excited for that. Uh, it's just a bunch of mac and cheese, huh? Yeah. I mean, you bring your dogs to that too, or is that. You don't food know. Food events and dogs don't normally mix. <laughs> right. Uh, you can bring it surrounding the mac and cheese festival. We do have 17 <laughs> acres of parkland to enjoy. So. so you have a lot of parkland. Oh, I yeah. Think people forget yeah. about that. Now, oh, with all yeah. the development stuff, there is still places to to uh, to go to the park. Yeah. And to do stuff in the park Absolutely. down there. Um, how do people get down there now uh, that haven't been down there without the streetcar? Mm hmm. Has been an issue with the site, right? Is the accessibility. So right now, people are either getting off of the 29 highway and coming in from the from the west, or they're going over the Grand Ave Viaduct, or they're taking the town of Kansas Bridge as a pedestrian and walking to the site. But we're trying to get the streetcar. We're trying to improve accessibility so people know it's there and they use it. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be pretty awesome. I, I yeah. think it's developed a lot. In the next segment, I want to talk about uh, the Missouri River Terminal. Uh, get into that, and also want to talk about kind of other riverfronts in the Midwest that are successful or others that you've been to, either of you, um, that you think are really well. And, and maybe just talk about, you know, why this is an exciting time uh, and, and maybe why, what have we done in the past that uh, that took, make us take so long to get to this point? It's a pretty interesting story, I think, about the Missouri Riverfront and the Kansas City region. You're listening to the Grill Nation Show. We'll be right back after the break with more Grill Nation. Welcome back to the Grill Nation Show here on 980 AM and on iTunes via podcast or at grillnationshow.com. You can find all of our old guests on the website and you can find all of our old shows as well. Uh, today we're joined by Port KC, who's a contributor to the Grill Nation show. Very happy to have them involved. Thanks to John Stevens uh, and the crew there. And today, as we mentioned, we had Joe Perry on earlier, but now we have Mariah Shields, who's a communications specialist, and Christian Purvis, again, who is the uh, in, in real estate development and manager at Port KC. Guys, you're talking about, um, uh, let's talk about some riverfronts in the Midwest and some, some that have done really well and are, are kind of growing. Talk to me through some cities that we might have miss because i think most of us always think of like cities that have stadiums right that's kind of what i yeah. always go to pittsburgh cincinnati mm-hmm. st louis i think for a time no they actually aren't on the riverfront but you know cincinnati pittsburgh san francisco yada yada we've, yeah. we've seen those in the news but what are some other cities that have interesting riverfronts there's some comparable midwestern river cities that we've looked at as case studies and specifically we've studied denver actually as a case study to replicate kind of what they're doing or get inspiration from maybe is a better way to say it. Uh, Cause Denver sits right on the Platte river, which is a smaller river, but they've had a similar site. They had a riverfront park that was closed off from the rest of the downtown development by huge rail yard, like, you know, 10, 12 rail lines moving through there. They had highways on both sides and a river. So they were bound just like Berkeley riverfront is. And they were able to, reinvest in it, um, turn it into an amazing green space and event venue 
and hotels, mixed use, high density type of development. And so we're, we're drawing inspiration from Denver. There's also Oklahoma city, uh, Chattanooga, Tennessee, and um, Tulsa, Oklahoma, that are doing some really creative things on their riverfronts. Talk to me about Oklahoma City. They have a, a Whitewater Rapids park down they there? Do. Somehow? They do. Yes. They have something called the Boathouse District, which um, is right on the um, Oklahoma River. And they have a they built this engineered Whitewater Rapids system that you can float down in in a kayak and put your helmet on and ride the rapids. It's pretty, pretty interesting what they've been able to do. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah. Oklahoma City has rapids, huh? I know. Look at that. Um, tell me about the uh, – I'm pulling up my notes here, but tell me about the uh, Missouri River Terminal. What is that? What, uh, what does that mean, Mariah? Missouri River Terminal is going to be an intermodal port, transportation hub. It has rail, highway access, river access. I think a lot of people don't know we even have a port in Kansas City, but if you're familiar with our port, we ship about 100,000 tons last year. This is going to blow that out of the water, uh, so to say, eventually. It's very, very early right now, but we are working on building that. It's If you're familiar with the AK Steel plant site and before that, Armco, which I actually learned when we bought it that my great-grandfather used to work at the Armco plant. Wow. So I have that connection as well. (laughs) I'm not familiar with it, but I'm interested in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it is providing some situations where there's a lot of environmental that needs to be done, similar to Berkeley Riverfront, because it used to be a steel plant. And in some cases, I think there's uh, some freewheeling dumping going on. So we are going to fix that land up as well, similar to Berkeley Riverfront, similar to uh, Richards Gebauer Commerce Park, if you're familiar with that. Where is that going to be? It's... It's really close to, it's actually in three different counties. It's in Clay, Jackson, and Platt, uh, yes. And there's just a bend in the river. It's almost straight north of where 435 runs. Okay. I'm Over the terrible river. at that sounds, directions. That sounds very complicated, but it's somewhere around the river. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's very close to where, um, it's actually a little bit of it's an independence. So if you know up north where Kansas City and Independence intersect, it's very close to Sugar Creek. It's just Creek. east of the uh, 435 north over the river next to Sugar Creek. So okay. there's about 400 acres that we own now where the Blue River and the Missouri River converge. Interesting. That's the Missouri River Journal. Yes. yes, that's what we're calling it affectionately, and <laughs> the idea is Marine Rail Truck MRT, Missouri River Terminal MRT. Sometimes but, we call it MERT, but maybe we won't. <laughs> MRT. Yeah, MRT is like much stronger. Right. So, <laughs> so that's going to create some jobs, hopefully, in Kansas City. Absolutely, yes. yeah. We have a long-range vision for that land and what that's going to be and how that's going to commercialize um, rail and river traffic in terms of barges and shipping vessels, moving product through Kansas City, and creating this global transportation hub in Kansas City. So did you guys deal with a lot of flooding issues um, in these flooding months? It hasn't rained in a while, but it seems like right. there's a lot of rain. Does that affect At you guys? MRT, yes, we have. It, okay. it's, it's because it's lower on the river there. But when we're talking about Berkeley, we're on a, a levee system built by the Army Corps that can you know, withstand the 100-year flood and, and beyond. So we're very, very safe and on high ground at Berkeley. MRT, not so much. We need yeah, to work on that. Not so much MRT. The Port of Kansas City, we did fine, but you, we did have problems with the river closing for traffic because, you know, the U.S. Army Corps controls all of that. And once it gets to about 33, 34 feet, 
which it got to that quite a lot over the last couple of months, we can't, we can't have barges at all. And it's so, okay. yeah, it's, it's been, a, it's been a really strange year for us because barge traffic is one of the most reliable forms of transportation. And we've had 10 barges waiting for us in St. Louis with over a hundred thousand tons of product for two months. And so finally the rivers are open, the Mississippi's open and we can finally get, but it's, it's so clogged up because everything's been waiting down there. Yeah. So it, it's, it's, it's coming to us, but we've had a couple of months of very erratic traffic, but we're actually still on pace with what we did last year because it opened earlier. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And people do forget that we do have traffic coming through here. They you know, do. They, they think of the coast, right? They mm-hmm. think of LA port, right? Right. Or maybe some up in the East coast in New York that see a lot of traffic but we actually see a lot of traffic here too yeah and you'll see it from the highways too because they'll they'll raise the rail bridge on the asb to get the traffic through that's always one of my favorite things i'm not even a transportation nerd by by birth and (laughs) i think it's so fascinating to watch the bridges turn and raise for the barges to come through that's awesome yeah uh christian purvis and mariah shields are with me we have a few minutes left talk to us about kind of what you're looking forward to with the development of the the rest of the acreage down there i know there's 85 total acres, probably mm-hmm. about 35 to 40 that can still be developed. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, I mean, really, what we're excited about is continuing the momentum. So, as I mentioned, it's we're, just hard. We're, you got to make right decisions, right? Yeah, about what you put those spots. That, Absolutely, that you know they can last for a long time. And and getting the right deal terms for for Kansas City and for creating jobs and yeah. for funding the streetcar. So there's a lot of components that we're working with third party developers on getting that ground. But yeah, we're we're really trying to push momentum. So we've got union that's built. It's been operating for a year. They're at like 75 or 80% occupancy right now. They're doing really extremely well for that size of a downtown multifamily development. We've got Bar K and, and I'm sure everybody at this point knows about that. They're getting so much national media attention for their concept. And then the, what we're working on is just continuing to build sites, get them shovel ready and work with developers to negotiate terms and get to contracts. So we're Because I know, Christian, you have the uh, the site across from your office that's bare right now. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we're working on that. I mean, don't rub it in. We're working yeah, on you're going to have some different views here in a few <laughs> no, weeks and months and years. We want to go high-density mixed use. So we're working with city planning director Jeffrey Williams. He's on board with what the story is there. Yeah. And we're trying to build a couple 10-story towers. We're trying to do some boutique hotels, some restaurants. Um, It'd be you know, some affordable housing. So yeah. we, we're, we're doing it all. I love it. Yeah. Christian Purvis and Mariah Shields from Port KC. Thank you for coming on the Grill Nation show today. I appreciate your time. Great information and uh, congrats on all your success. Thanks Thank you very much. Thanks. You've been listening to the Grill Nation show. We'll see you again next week. Take care and have a great day. Thank you. Sunshine and whiskey.